justice. It seems like that's a lot of what we hear these days, and we need to talk about it again today. Because what is justice? I mean, really, I think that definition is something we need to get to the bottom of. And in this crazy world, in the never-ending 24-hour news cycle, in the constant stream of information that's coming at us, telling us if something is just or if it is unjust based on whoever is the loudest is definitely not a good way to go. We have to figure out what justice really is and how do we find that and then how do we figure out what justice looks like in real life. And this leads us to Waukesha, Wisconsin, and this latest tragedy that some of you hopefully have already heard about, and it is an absolute tragedy. But the way the news is handling it is frankly ridiculous, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. And the reality of the situation is injustice, and we're going to look at why in just a moment. But as we get there, I do want to start with the Bible, and I want to start with this and then come back at the end and end with this as well. This comes out of Leviticus, and most people don't turn to Leviticus when they're doing their daily Bible reading or devotional reading because it's a little rough. I'll be honest, it is. But it helps instruct us, and it helps instruct us specifically on God's heart towards certain things. Now, I'm not going to get into the ceremonial laws and the moral laws and all of these other things, but all that to say, in this particular verse, we can read this verse and say, this is God's heart, because what God does not like, and in fact, in some places in Scripture, he says he hates, is partiality. Partiality means you show a certain reverence or deference to one particular person and you don't show it to another person. That's partiality. That's saying a certain person is more valuable than another. And in God's kingdom, that isn't true. There are only two kinds of people, those that follow after God and those that do not, according to God and the way that he sees us. And that's really important to understand in light of all of the things that we constantly talk about here. Because what this world wants to do is divide us into all of these groups and tribes and nations and races and all of these other things. And while your heritage is important and your upbringing and your history is important, it's not the thing that God ultimately sees when he looks at you because what he sees is, are you following after God? Do you love God and follow after him or do you not? Those are the only two categories that God sees. And as followers after Jesus, we have to begin to recognize some of these things and we have to understand when the world says things are different, is it a biblical way or is it not a biblical way? And as followers of Jesus, we need to recognize these things. That's what I'm doing, what I'm doing. And that's what hopefully you're doing listening to this today. So I really appreciate you listening. Here's the verse and then we'll get started. This verse is Deuteronomy. This is Deuteronomy 19. I'm sorry, Leviticus. I apologize. You can go to Deuteronomy as well. Interesting book. Leviticus is what we're reading out of today. This is Leviticus 19.15. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. If someone is rich, you don't get preferential treatment. Or, this is God's word, not mine, if someone is poor, you also don't get preferential treatment. You get the equal treatment under the law. What does the law say? That's how you are judged. We are judging things, all kinds of things, with our feelings lately. The Rittenhouse trial, 
and and many other things. And we're going to talk about some of that. You can go back and listen to the Rittenhouse trial. I, I did some thoughts about that. You can go to churchpublic.com and listen to that if you want. But let's go ahead and get started. Thank you for choosing Church Public. I appreciate you being here. My name is Matt Odegaard. So again, welcome back. Uh, this is Church Public with Matt Odegaard. You can check out the other episodes on churchpublic.com, iTunes and Apple and Spotify, all the other places. You can go and check those things out. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. If you like it, subscribe to it, write a review, pass it on to your friends. I am doing this uh, so that you can understand what is going on in these current times, which more and more are just crazy town, and what does the Bible have to say about it? What does God have to say about it? And I come from a pastoral background, pastor for 20 years, uh, degrees, it doesn't matter. I have some time and some experience in the church, and I'm trying to pass that on so other people can understand, because people keep coming to me and asking me, and, and I've had a couple of few people come and say, what's going on in this Wisconsin thing? Because I don't understand it, and I haven't heard much about it. So I thought I needed to jump in and say, here's what I've seen, and here's what I'm thinking about it. You can agree, you can not agree, but this is what I see in the way that I see the situation. And I just read you that verse. That's a really good verse to come back to, Leviticus 19.15. Go and read that because it really sets the stage for who God is and what justice really is. Justice is impartial. You don't show partiality based on whatever circumstances there are. Rich, poor, uh, other circumstances. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter. The only thing that matters is what is the law and did you break it? Unfortunately, in this particular instance, which is horrible, and if you missed it, I, I almost want to say thank goodness, but unfortunately we have to talk about it. So about a week ago, a 39-year-old black man drove an SUV into a parade. Now, I've been in many small towns across America, and I've been in and around many small town parades in America. So I know this kind of situation. Maybe you have too. Maybe you've seen small town parades, and it's just, it's fun, and it's exciting. This happened to be a Christmas parade. Christmas is obviously very near and dear to my heart. They were celebrating the coming of Jesus and Christmas, and of course, probably other things like Santa and whatever. We can talk about those, uh, and we will talk about those later. But but people were just celebrating and having family time, and it was a fun time until this person ran a barricade, apparently, and drove through. Now, it you have I have to say these things that, according to the news and according to some of the reports, the person driving was not responsible. And the only thing I can say is apparently that's because of the narrative. CNN says. Waukesha will hold a moment of silence, marking one week since a car drove through the city Christmas parade, killing six people, injuring scores of others. So six people were killed. I think the total now is somewhere around 50. It might even be more. Again, it was terrible. A terrible uh, massacre. I, I don't know what other word to use. Like It is a terrible thing that happened in this small town. According to this CNN statement, a car just drove itself through this Christmas parade. Apparently, we need to arrest more cars. Another headline here. This is CBS. CBS said, 
18 children were hurt in a Christmas parade crash. There is the, this is from the Washington Post. Here's what we know so far on the sequence of events that led to the Waukesha tragedy caused by a SUV. This is, we talk about gaslighting. We talk about changing the narrative. I'm just going to say straight up lying. A person got behind the wheel of a car. We don't know the full motives. We don't know all that was part of this, but we're going to talk a little bit about the history of this person. I'm not going to name names because I don't want to name names in this situation. You can go and look it up and you can go and look up names, but the police reports from this person for a couple of decades are available and you can read all of the things that the driver of this car who was a human not just a car or not just an suv that drove itself through a bunch of people or accidentally crashed i'm not going to play you any of the videos i'm choosing not to do that unfortunately in this new video age you can see many videos of this actually happening and it is disastrous it is horrific and i actually encourage you not to go and watch the videos i i i don't think you should but you can they're out there you can go and look up some of these videos this person clearly sped up through the crowd uh it appears from some of the videos and unfortunately i have watched some of the videos it looks like they were actually swerving to try and hit people this is not an accident this is not just some car that accidentally jumped a curb or something this is a person who intentionally was, according to what I can see, and this is only you know what I can see, and the courts will decide and see what happens based on, on investigation, but if you watch it, it appears that this person intentionally tried to run over people. And old ladies, I think they were the dancing grannies or something like that, they were called that, a bunch of them got run over, some children got run over like this is terrible and on a side note which really is a main note but but i'm not going to spend a lot of time on it today many people are struggling to find reasons for this and that's where i think you get some of these wacky headlines that are just like a car ran into people or this accident caused by an suv because suvs just decide to drive themselves through crowds of people these days I, I don't know what, I, I can't say for sure what the people writing these headlines are trying to do, but it sounds like they're trying to avoid the blame, avoid the judgment, and avoid the impending justice of a person who is just acting in an evil way. There is no way for me around that. This is an evil action by a person who is overcome by evil. I can't say what their motives were exactly. I can't say what the rest of their history was, though, again, as I mentioned, you can read. You can read, I think his rap sheet goes back to, it's like 96 or 99. I mean, years and years and years of bad decisions that were in some way punished by a justice system. But unfortunately, I don't think punished enough. And that's what we need to talk about. We need to talk about today the justice system and is it actually working or is it in some way not actually serving justice and this is something that has been floating around like is social justice is cosmic justice is specific justice better than actual justice and and the difference i make the distinction that i have to make is 
based on this verse that we read. And I'll even read it for you again, Leviticus 19.15. You shall do no injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you did is what you did, and you should be judged upon what you did. Now, it stands to note, and we have to say some of the things that happened before, this person had a really, really long rap sheet. I'm not going to read all of it. I don't want to take the time. But recently, and this is an important point, as recently as November 5th of this year, the driver of the vehicle was charged with resisting an officer, jumping bail, recklessly endangering safety, disorderly conduct, and battery. He allegedly slammed the mother of his child with his fist and then ran her over in this maroon Ford Escape, the same SUV that then decided to run over other people, which he was driving. And here's the deal. He was released the Friday before this incident on a $1,000 bail. This driver ran over all of these innocent people killing at least six, injuring dozens more. So what are we talking about today? I think one of the things we have to talk about is actually justice. Is it important that this person was released on a very low amount of bail after he did the exact same thing that happened in this parade incident? Yeah, I think that's important. I think it's important because the Milwaukee County District Attorney Office is looking into this, but apparently the district attorney of Milwaukee, John Chisholm, is or has been for several years now conducting this experiment, and this experiment is changing criminal justice policies towards, quote, rectifying the racial imbalance in American prisons, end quote. So, in other words... Um, one of the people that was writing about this said Chisholm stuck his neck out there, started saying that prosecutors should be judged by their success in reducing mass incarceration and achieving racial equality, end quote. It stands to note here that the goal of this policy is not to reduce crime. So if you do a crime, like presumably this person did before, running over a person, before he ran over all the other people and being reduced on bail, being released on a low bail, this person, the driver of this vehicle, was released on a low bail because of a certain characteristic of this person. I want you again to go back to Leviticus because it's important to note. Does it matter? Should it matter what this person looked like, what their history was? It shouldn't matter what they look like. It should matter, did they do a crime, and does that crime require something? Something that equals justice. And hopefully the answer that you're coming up with is yes. And this instance is not unique, but this is important. It's important to figure out what is going on here. Chisholm himself admitted the cost of his policies all the way back in 2007. He said, quote, Is there going to be an individual I divert or put in a treatment program who will go out and kill somebody? You bet. Guaranteed. It's guaranteed to happen. End quote. And unfortunately, in this instance, this district attorney was correct. 
And the outcome of this is very predictable. When you don't take care to enforce justice, people just keep doing what they can get away with. We know that's human nature. And that's where human nature and our fallenness in the flesh, read Romans if you're unsure about that, comes directly into conflict with this ideal this ideology, this vision of what humanity is according to culture. And that vision that culture portrays is, if we just release people from prison, if we just allow them to live their life, if we just take the blockades out of them, or away, out of their way, then they will rise to their station, to quote a very familiar play, and they will become great heroes in the world. Unfortunately, we know through history and experience, that's just not true. Not to mention spiritual condition. Again, see Romans. We are broken inside. And if we're so broken inside, we don't undergo justice, whether we give it or get it, to withhold justice is actually a sin. If if you do something wrong and you are not punished for it, that's actually bad for you because you don't feel the weight of your sin and you have to feel that otherwise your heart becomes more like stone your conscience is dulled and then it's more easy to do the bad things we all know this is true inherently if you've had any kind of addiction or if you've done anything even little like lying or stealing or something like that you know the more you do it the easier it is to do That's just true of human nature because our conscience, our sense of right and wrong is dulled the more that we do the wrong things. Even back into Aristotle, Aristotle knew this. And he said to practice the good is to become good. You want to do the good things as habits so that you become the good things that you do. Um, There's some spiritual question marks in that, and I'm not going to get into those today, but the principle holds true in terms of human nature. If you keep doing bad things, you're going to be keep doing bad things, and it's going to be easier for you to do those bad things. That's just true of human nature. So when we withhold this kind of justice and we say, well, this person doesn't get justice because of the color of their skin, because of the certain way they look, because of whatever. And and again, I recognize that this world is unfair. I recognize that there are there are problems, myriad problems that lead up to these situations. I get that. But the point of this policy is to not punish crimes. We need to punish crimes to avoid more crimes. That's just the reality of governing. The government is supposed to step in. One of the big roles of the government is to enforce justice. That's why you and I shouldn't be enforcing justice. That's why, again, go back and listen to the Rittenhouse uh, expose that I gave. The issue there was the people who were supposed to take care of justice and defend the community, the police, were told to not be there. So other people had to come in. Was that right? No. Those other people should not have had to come in. But the people that were supposed to do things didn't. Same kind of situation here. That the government is supposed to uphold justice, but this person, even a few weeks before, had literally run somebody over and then was let out on bail and went and ran somebody over again. It also stands to note, in this particular instance, 
this person who was the driver of this SUV that killed six people and ran over some dozens more is not yet out on bail, but still has bail set at this moment. Now, it's $5 million, but in the instance of money, what does it matter? Should this person who repeatedly broke all kinds of laws, then ran over a person, then ran over a bunch of people, should there be a bail in this instance? Again, we have to figure out the laws, we have to figure out the policies, but it doesn't seem like that should be so. Because justice has to be served. If you continue to do things that are unjust, you should not be allowed to do things freely, period. That's just how justice works. And I hear people saying, well, what about rehabilitation? And, and what about grace? You know, going back to Bible terms. Shouldn't we just give people grace and allow them to be rehabilitated? Rehabilitation can be justice. And it can come from a just action. But that's not the primary focus of justice. The primary focus of justice is not rehabilitation. The primary focus of justice is justice. When you do a wrong action, you get the justice that comes from the wrong action. Again, that's why we went back the other week. We talked about an eye for an eye and how that was actually a limiting principle. Because if you don't limit justice, you get vengeance. Because then when you lose an eye, I take your life or I take 10 lives or now 10 more people take 100 more lives, and, and it becomes this war that lasts forever, literally. And that's just how society operates in absence of actual justice. And our justice system is supposed to uphold this rule of law where if you break a rule, regardless of who you are, I've said this so many times now, hopefully you know it, but justice, the statue and the ideal is blind because... You're not supposed to see what a person looks like. It shouldn't matter if you're rich or poor or whatever. You should get the same result based on what you did. And justice holds a scale, and the scale is balanced. And the reason the scale is balanced is it shouldn't matter whether you're rich or poor or whatever, and the scale comes in pre-balanced in a certain way, whether you're more guilty or less guilty. This type of situation pre-balances the scales. It says if you look a certain way, if you act a certain way, if you have a certain upbringing, your scale goes into this quote-unquote justice ceremony and whatever you did doesn't really change the weight of the scale because it can't outweigh the pre-balanced scale that goes into it. That's not justice. We're not operating in a just place if that's how we're doing things. And we see this over and over again. And we're seeing it all over the place. This isn't the only city where this is happening. San Francisco is another great example. And by great, I mean terrible example of this type of legal policy. Where basically the city of San Francisco and the state of California more broadly has outlawed small or in-lawed, re-lawed, whatever you want to say, allowed all of these petty crimes. If you steal under a certain amount, you can't even be prosecuted. And so if you haven't been paying attention in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, which used to be a wonderful place, my grandmother even lived in one of these places. I saw that Nordstrom's, there are these, uh, you may remember a few years ago, there's flash mobs and they show up and dance. Well, now it's taken a dark turn. Now, instead of flash mobs, you have flash thefts where all these people show up that are clearly organized, that are clearly 
aiming at the same place, like Nordstrom, where they hit before. And this was, I'm not even kidding, this was my grandma's Nordstrom. She lived in this city, Walnut Creek. She went to this Nordstrom. I think she even worked there. She's a little old now, and she can't really remember all of the facts and details. But she was she was a professional shopper at Nordstrom in Walnut Creek. I'm very sure it's the same Nordstrom. And now, I don't know if this Nordstrom's going to have to close, but they were, what do you say, attacked by all of these uh, people who did this flash mob burglary and and they this they've been happening all over the place i just saw another one today it's still happening up there someone is organizing these and the authorities don't seem to care and they're just letting these things happen the injustice is rolling all over the place and that's a problem it's a problem for people who are trying to keep the rules who are trying to follow the rules because it's really not that hard when you do a crime, there should be a penalty for the crime. And we all know that. And that's why I keep coming back to this Leviticus chapter. And there are many other chapters that we could talk about too, but it's important. It's important to note this and it's important to follow after God's justice, not the world's sense of justice, because the world's sense of justice is not going to get to the result that you think it's going to get to. I'm going to tell you this verse too. This is Psalm 103.6. The reality of God's kingdom is if you are in a situation, in a circumstance that is not as good, God is watching out for you. He says in Psalm 103.6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. God does this for you. He does this on purpose. But when we get in and we say, well, you're more oppressed already, so I'm going to tip the scales in advance for you, we are not doing God any favors. In fact, we are working against God and we are pre-tipping the scales. We are showing our own partiality. We are trying to be the judge and we are changing the rules of justice in a bad way. What can we do about this? I don't want to leave in a place that is depressing or whatnot. First of all, God is still in control. Even though some of these situations feel out of control, we can rest assured knowing that God is in control. He has already won. He has already defeated the powers and the darkness of this world, but we still live in it and we still have to operate by God's rules in this world. So what we can do is see justice and call out justice when it is just and call out injustice when it is actually injustice. And from a policy standpoint, we can get involved in, uh, many people I've talked to only vote for the president or maybe not even vote for the president. Vote for the judges, vote for the district attorneys, vote for the sheriffs, vote for the people in your community and make sure they are just people. Because if we don't have just people leading all of these divisions, how possibly could we have actual justice happen? And we need to have justice. We need to have it and we need to fight for it. We need to speak up for it. We need to vote on the people who are going to uphold justice and vote out these people that are creating these policies that are in just policies. I hope this has been helpful. There are so many details on this Waukesha case, but I wanted to at least highlight those points that the this car was not just a random car as cnn and washington post and these other outlets have said just a random car that was flying unmanned through this parade there was a person who did an evil act and this person on the one hand must be judged for this and it looks like this is happening we'll see uh, we'll watch this situation
And then on the other hand, so we need to call out evil when we see evil, and it's okay to do that. In fact, it's good to do that, because how will you know what's good and evil if you don't see it, if you don't say it? And I know we're in this place where we're not supposed to say certain things are evil. We're not supposed to say people are evil, or people do bad things, or people do evil things, but they do, and everyone is capable of evil things. That is the dirty secret. Our human flesh is we are presupposed to do this. Again, see Romans. We all want to do the bad things. Paul even says, why do I keep wanting to do the right things, but I keep doing the wrong things? We, we have this in us. The good news is with the power of the Spirit through Jesus Christ, we can begin to do the right things and follow after God and begin this process of sanctification. That means being made holy. That means doing more and more right things, as Aristotle would say, practicing the good. We can continue to do the good things rather than get sucked into more and more bad things. These are the choices we actually have. Again, with the power of the Spirit in us, we can do this. And we can stand up to this crazy world that is keeping, it just continues to call us into doing the wrong things. You have to make a stand where you are. Lead your life, lead your family, do the best that you can as we follow after Jesus with our heart and our soul and our mind. Don't forget your mind, it's very important. And our strength, with everything that we have, we have to follow after God, especially now because this world, unfortunately, I hate to give you this bad news, it's not getting better, it's going to get worse. And in that, I just mean it's going to get harder to be a Christian, it's going to get harder to stand up for truth, it's going to get harder to do the right thing and, and follow right beliefs, but courage grows courage. If you act in small, courageous ways now, when those big things come, you will act in big, courageous ways. If, on the other hand, you act cowardly, in all of the little things now, don't want to get involved, don't want to speak your mind, don't want to listen to and read the word of God and say, I don't, I don't think you're right on that. I think we should do this differently. If you continue to back off and be cowardly, you're going to reinforce that. And when it gets to the point where someone says, do you actually believe Jesus is Lord? You're going to say no. What I want you to do is practice these courageous things and keep leaning into the courageous things in the little things so that when someone says, do you really believe Jesus is Lord? You can say, yes, Jesus is my savior. I don't care what you do to me. I'm going to follow God. I'm not going to follow the rulers and leaders of this world if they are against God. That is what we must practice because the time is coming maybe sooner than later, where we're going to have to make that declaration and deal with the consequences. We are moving into this era. We have left the old era where everyone is a Christian and everyone is happy and you can just follow God and do whatever you want. That era is over. We are now in a new era. This is a new time and we need to act accordingly. So how are you going to act? I go back to Joshua a lot, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I hope you choose the same. I hope God blesses you, and I hope that you keep the faith. Mm -hmm.